Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Superhero action figures over 7 inches tall. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Lots of action for one and all. Action figures over 7 inches tall. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode number 1071. It is a flashback Friday episode the day this is uploaded. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. The hero of this story right next to me, Kimmy. It is a Friday. Can you believe it? Woohoo! You made it. And it sounds like your batteries are fully charged, which is good because we will be out and about this weekend at a, a certain uh, uh, activity in the greater Orlando area. You can find out more right on our Facebook page. Find links to that right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And we will be posting something how you can help us out and be part of history at the same time, too. Uh, this weekend, if you're in Orlando and you just happen to be at the place we're at. And more information will be available right on our Facebook page. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really am. And I'm kind of curious, Kimmy, are you looking forward to nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Well, of course. <laughs> Here we go to Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. We'll be asking Kimmy some questions. Uh, We may or may not have the timeline all together. It may be jumbled up. may not be. Who knows? It is a Friday, December 2nd. If you've forgotten to flip that calendar over, there is something deadly wrong with you, right? I mean, just, I mean, definitely. There's something really, really wrong. Hmm. You're avoiding getting closer to that certain holiday. Now, what... Why would you do, you know, you'd want to flip that calendar over, right? Do you remember in school when they used to have that big calendar and you they had like these uh, uh, pictures where they pull the date off as they get closer oh, yeah. and closer to yep. the big Christmas day? Or actually, to me, it was the, when I'm going to be released from jail, basically, when I'm going to go on winter break. Yeah. I, I didn't care about the, you know, the, the present day, if you would. It was... Get me out of here, day. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was looking forward to. It, it was like, excuse me, Mrs. Mrs. Johnson, uh, how many days till we're out of here? It, it wasn't like how many days to uh, the holiday. That's mm-hmm. all I care about. You remember those, right? Yeah. How'd you know my kindergarten teacher's name? I was right, wasn't I? Yeah. I was exactly right, wasn't I? That's my. That was my kindergarten That's what I name. thought. I, but see, I do have a good memory, despite sometimes you think I've been hit upside the head Mrs. by a brick. Johnson. I thought that's what it was. I took a gamble there. Yes. Did I amaze you there? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Let's see if Kimmy can amaze us with Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia today. This flashback Friday. It was on this date, Kimmy. I know you hate history, but you have to know this one. They had to teach you something up in that uh, Arctic Circle school that you went to. Are you ready? It was 1804. Napoleon was crowned emperor of where? Napoleon 
was crowned emperor. France. Yes. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were just stalling there to, mm-hmm. to keep us on the edge of the seat kind of thing. A little suspense, right? Mm-hmm. I was just I was just making sure, Kimmy, let's move over to something else happening on this date in history. Kimmy, I, I think I want to ask you a question about it, uh, but it'll be uh, date-oriented, and it revolves around... Yes, it revolves around money. It was on this date, Kimmy, within 50 years. Tell me, the first savings bank in the United States, it opened up. The very first one, it went into business on this date in history. You got a 50 leeway. Give me the year. The first savings bank opened in the United States. 1890. Uh, no money for you, Kimmy. It was 1816 when the very first savings bank opened in the United States. It's 1901. Gillette patented the KC Gillette razor. It was the first razor to feature a permanent handle and a disposable double-edge razor blade. That was in 1901. That's why those, you know, those westerns, those cowboys and stuff, they, they were all shaggy. Mm. That's the reason. Really, it is. So on this date, 1927, the Ford Motor Company unveiled the Model A automobile. It was the successor to the Model T, Kimmy. Model A came after Model T. Okay. What are you laughing at, Kimmy? Is it because there's a... And see, that's, I have a feeling nobody can hear that. We have Lockjaw directly behind us. He's taking a big dog nap uh, with his sister. Mm-hmm. And he occasionally, uh, he talks. Occasionally. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I have a feeling he, he would... just said, hmm. Well, I think we'll get, after this episode, a commentary from him, what he thought of today's episode. Okay. okay. I think <laughs> I think we'll we'll get him there. We'll he have is him. smiling. Well, that's a, that's a good sign. Let's see if he keeps smiling. I think you're causing that. It was 1939. New York's LaGuardia Airport began operation as an airliner from Chicago, landed at the airport at 12.01 in the morning. It was on this date, Kimmy, this song, this song was a hit on the record charts. Tell me the year. It's Gene Autry's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, before Kimmy panics here, I will give you a 15-year leeway. The year this became a hit. 1957? Uh, you're within that leeway. It was 1949 that that became a hit. It was 1959. Bobby Darren was a subject of the TV show, this is your life. You know, I think we need to bring that back. I, I've never seen it. I wasn't on planet Earth when that thing was running, but I've seen clips of it because of certain Hollywood types. I like to watch them, biographies and things like that. Man, can you imagine having that big book sort of like they did? We could have this is your life. And then, you know, and we could surprise somebody at an event, you know, just do their life when they don't know we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that could be quite fun, don't you? Hmm. As an example, Kimmy, a good friend of ours, Todd Merrick of Heroes Landing of Claremont, will be at Spooky Empire this weekend in Orlando, Florida. Could you imagine just finding Todd Merrick out of nowhere and have the camera rolling and go, Todd Merrick, this is your life. Hmm. I think that'd be fun, uh-huh. don't you? And then we could have the 
a person, you know, tell a story about him, you know, the audio clip, you know, and then, and then we play that for him right there. I, you know, I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I, and, and you know what? We could make an embarrassing moment, say, share instead of the way they did it way back then. I remember when he did, you know, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> you like that idea? Yeah. Maybe that should be our first person we do that to. You know, Todd doesn't listen to the show. He wouldn't know where we're talking about that. He didn't know. I'm kidding. Todd is a loyal listener to the to the Riley and Gibby show. Todd, and it, it's so cool that I had my picture taken with him before I knew him. That is true. At Spooky, it was destiny, Kimmy. <laughs> That's what it was. It was destiny. It was, it on- was part of an awesome. Adam's family cosplay. Uh, that, that's our guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was Uncle Fester, and you know what? It wasn't much of a stretch for him to be hey, Uncle no. Fester. It was. I, I. It wasn't really. Yes, it was. He's crazy. He's one of the my craziest friends I have, in a good way. I don't mean like you know should be watched out. I mean he's just fun crazy. Yeah. And I, I, you know what? I'm gonna bring a light bulb with me the next time I see him. I bet it will light up. Here, put this in your mouth. I bet it lights up. Do you know way back when, and I'm not kidding on this, you just made me think of it. My good friend Mark Mayhew, or our good friend up in Chicago, he has this thing. They marketed when the Adams Family was a, a hit or on TV, they marketed the light up light bulb. And you stick it in your mouth and it would light up. Okay. I don't think it would pass safety standards of today, hmm. but they actually marketed that way back when. Hmm. And Mark has one. Okay. Yes. So don't put the light bulb in your mouth if he offers it to you. Uh, just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine that? Kids are awesome. Kids, you know, kids, yeah, like, like uh, sharing the light bulb. Ah. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I, I, boy, I could just see somebody trying to pitch that today. Oh, it's a great product, and it'll be good. No. <laughs> what are you thinking? Back then, it didn't matter. You know, safety. I don't think it was much of a concern sometimes back in that time period. No. But if you are at a collectible show, you might be able to find that thing, the light-up light bulb. I don't remember if it was called Uncle Fester's Light Bulb or the Adams Family. I can't remember the exact title. Give me back to the almanac. It was on this date. And, yeah, I'm going to ask you to give me the year. Within 20 years that the Boeing 747 Jumbo Jet got its first public preview as 191 people flew from Seattle, Washington to New York City most of the passengers were reporters and photographers. Within 20 years, when did the 747 Jumbo Jet make its debut? 1968. Wow. That is unbelievable. It's 1969 it made its debut. Ooh. Impressive, Kimmy. Let's see if you can continue. It was 1970. The EPA began operations. The question, Kimmy, is what does EPA stand for? I don't know. Ooh, she didn't even give it a try. You didn't go, the emergency... uh, (laughs) It's the Environmental Protection Agency. That's Mm. what EPA means. Moving over to 1973, The Who and some of their companions were jailed overnight for $6,000 worth of destruction they imposed on a hotel room after a show. Keep that in mind. 1973, $6,000. That's a lot of money. Mm Mm-hmm. They were having all kinds of who fun then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those who people. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. It was 1982. Doctors at the University of Utah implanted a permanent artificial heart in the chest of retired dentist Barney Clark. Now, he lived 112 days with that device. The operation was the first of its kind. Do you remember when that happened? Mm-hmm. You do remember. Sure. She doesn't remember that. I. It was in the USA Today back then, Kimmy. 
Okay. Do you remember what the USA Today was? Does anybody know what that was? I wonder. I think that was a newspaper. Yes. Well, better question is, what's a newspaper? Yeah, one of those old-fangled things. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Moving over on this date in history, Kimmy. MTV and Michael Jackson's Thriller video. Well, MTV aired Michael Jackson's Thriller video for the very first time on this date. Yes, it was December, not Halloween. When did they air Thriller? What year? 1984. You have failed with this one before. I was hoping you'd catch it. It wasn't this question, but it was when the album came out before. It was 1983. became a hit in... 1984. But was released in... 1983. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) She's got it. It was on his date in history, 1986. Jerry Lewis checked into the Betty Ford Clinic to overcome a painkiller addiction. It was on this date, Kimmy. 1986. The lead singer of the Arrhythmics ripped off her bra while performing in front of 10,000 fans in England. Tell me the name of the lead singer. Annie Lennox. That's correct. On this date in history, 1988, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and I can't believe this, Willie Nelson were all together. They appeared on Geraldo to discuss sex on the road. Mm. Uh, You didn't do what I thought you would do. I thought you were going to go, ew. I don't know if it's... The three of them together that they're talking about, or you know, what do you think they were talking about? I don't know. I, I really don't want to think. About okay, that. see, I was expecting that. You okay? It was 1990. The Midwest section of the United States prepared for a massive earthquake predicted by a person that well, it didn't happen. The earthquake never occurred. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I do because a certain radio station I was part of decided to. They wanted to put me at. Uh, New Madrid Fault. And you know what the New Madrid Fault is. Mm-hmm. That's That was the area they expected to go rumble, rumble. That in the Wabash Fault area. And Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kimmy doesn't really care, I guess. It was 1991. The United States Supreme Court ruled that the Shirelles, B.J. Thomas, and Gene Pitney were owed $1.2 million in unpaid royalties. It was 1993. The Space Shuttle Endeavor blasted off on a mission. And that was to fix the Hubble Space Telescope. It was 1995. The Guinness Book of World Records confirmed the Ace of Bases, the sign. Remember that? Mm -hmm. The sign was the best-selling debut of all time. Wow. With 19 million copies sold. Hmm. I know it played a lot. (laughs) I didn't know I got a Guinness Book of World's record. It was 1995, NASA launched the U.S. European Observatory on a $1 billion mission intended to study the sun. Here is your next question, Kimmy. I will give you the year. It was 1998. This recording artist's video debuted on television. Country music TV first. It would become a hit across other formats and other other, uh, television and radio Stations, networks, etc. Tell me who the recording artist is and tell me the name of the hit. Here is your clue. It's from 1998. All right, Kimmy, who is that? Shania Twain. And name of the song. It was a hit across 
I know. I, I, I uh, like that one. Oh, you do? Then please tell me who it is. I, you might even have it on your MP3 player. I, I, have I don't, but I you, should. I do. Why don't you? You do? Yes, I do. What's wrong with you? Really? Yes, I do. I have that. Well, why isn't it on mine? I have no idea. You need I think a, you're lying. I am not lying. It is on my MP3 player. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I'm looking. Uh, well, you know how organized I am. Uh, it's... I can't think of the name of the song though, but I, I uh, sure you you don't remember the name of the song. Yeah, that don't impress me much that you don't remember. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that don't impress me much is the name of the hit mm-hmm. by Shania Twain, nineteen ninety eight debut on CMT Country Music Television. It was on this date, Kimmy, in Chicago, Illinois. The Smashing Pumpkins played their final concert. Give me the year. 1998? 2000s when that happened. Okay. Moving over to celebrity birthdays, Kimmy. Mm. Tell me how old this person is. It's Kathy Lee Crosby, American actress. Crosby was also the co-host of a TV series from 1980 to 84 on ABC TV. Two-part question. Tell me how old she is and tell me the name of that TV show. It was sort of a opposite of real people. That NBC. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's correct. And how old is she today within five years? 65. She is 72 today. And she starred as a Wonder Woman in the film version oh, for yeah. TV a year before Linda Carter would take over the role. Mm-hmm. And her costume is not like the one Linda Carter wore. And she, they didn't give her a, a dark wig. She had blonde hair. Hmm. You don't remember that one, do you? Mm-mm. There's a reason for that. Stone Phillips having a birthday today, American television reporter and correspondent. He works with or has worked with a certain network. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Giving you a second there to think about it. How old is Stone Phillips within five years today? 58. He is 62 today. I guess we'll do the math. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Uh, very good there. Rick's- I haven't seen him lately. I think you might be former. I'm not quite sure. Mm. Yeah. You, well, wait a minute. Do you watch NBC and network news and that stuff? I don't really anymore. So uh, maybe he's there. It's possible. Could be. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he could be there. Rick Savage, age 56, one of the founding members of Def Leppard. This person having a birthday today. Kimmy, tell me how old she is. Lucy Liu. Mm. I'd say 52. She is 48 today. We're not going to let you off the hook that easy. She was in Charlie's Angels, the movie. What year did that come out within five years? 2004. It was 2000, and so you got within five years. Here's the big question. What Quentin Tarantino film was she in? Kill Bill. Very good, in 2003. Moving back to the almanac, Nate Mandel of the Foo Fighters, 48 today. See if you can identify this mystery birthday person. Give me how old they are, too. A singer. Her third album, Loose, in 2006 became her biggest selling album with 12 million copies sold worldwide. The album spawned four successful number one singles. Promiscuous, Maneater, Say It Right, All Good Things Come to an End. She has sold over 40 million records worldwide. Who is she? Nelly Furtado. And how old is she today? Within two 
She is 38 years old Dang. today. Yes. In November of 2006, she revealed that she was once offered something. She turned down a half million dollars to pose fully clothed in Playboy. Do you believe her? Half million dollars. Fully clothed. Do you believe her? Um, fully clothed? Yes. Fully clothed. Half million. Five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, sure. Okay. Moving over to this notable having a birthday today. See if you can identify who it is and tell me how old she is. She's an American singer, dancer, and actress. She performed acting roles in stage productions and television shows. And that was basically as a child before signing with Jive Records in 1997. Her first and second studio albums, Baby One More Time in 1999, and Oops, I Did It Again, 2000, were huge. Who is she? Britney Spears. And how old is Britney Spears today within two? Um, 33. She is 35. You got it there, Kimmy. We're quite proud of you there. Do you have either one of those on your MP3 player, since we were talking about your MP3 player? I've got some of Britney. Yeah, okay. So do I. I have, I think, most of it. Mm. Yeah. Why is that? Why do I have more hits than you do? I wonder. I'm just kind of curious. Moving over to another part of the Almanac. I see dead people. It is the death section of the Almanac. This person passed away on this date in history, 1986, died at the age of 69. Kimmy? Here is your clue. He is best remembered for his role as Ricky Ricardo on I Love Lucy. Who is he? Who is the mystery person who passed away on this date in history? Desi Arnaz. Lucy, I And she loves me We're as happy as two can be We have our quarrels But then, oh How we love making up again Lucy kisses like no one can She's my missus and I'm her man And life is heaven, you see Cause I love Lucy, yes I love Lucy and Lucy Yes, there are words to the theme. Most mm-hmm. people don't realize that. You know, if I can go back in time, actually, he's one of the things I'd like to see, just to see him perform, actually. I think uh, it'd be quite uh, fascinating to see him, and because I think he was gifted far more than what he, he gets the acknowledgement for mm-hmm. in the course of time. That is Desi Arnaz, who passed away on this date in history. Robert Cummings passed away on this date, died at the age of 80, American actor, director, and producer. Born in 1908, an American film and television actor known mostly for comedy films, but he also did work with uh, some very uh, serious or very, uh, you know, thriller kind of things, if you will. He acted in Alfred Hitchcock's film Saboteur in 1942, Dial M for Murder in 1954, and from 1955 through 1959, he starred in the NBC sitcom The Bob Cummings Show. And by the way, that is where your favorite actress got her start, Kimmy, to American public, that is. That is Ann B. Davis. She played, mm. she played his secretary on that show. That's, by the way, Ann B., for those who don't know, played Alice on The Brady Bunch. And that role that she had 
playing that on the Bob Cummings show is what inspired Pepper Potts in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that's how we tied comic books with this? Hmm. Wow. See what you learned with the Riley and Kimmy show? Somebody else passing away on this date in history. Gail Fisher died at the age of 65. December of 2000 is when that happened. She's an American actress. Best known for playing the role of Secretary Peggy Fair on a certain television detective show. See if you can identify what that television detective show is with what I consider one of the coolest TV themes, especially 1960s time period of all time. that mystery tv show that's very familiar okay i Ra- forgot what the clues were uh the theme right there was the the clue gail fisher who passed away on this date died at the age of 65 she was an actress who played on that show she played secretary peggy fair she was secretary to a certain detective show ran from 1968 to 1975 was it manix Ooh, kimmy i didn't even have to give you the second clue yes it was manix i was going to say it had a comic book panel opening and if you remember right that is correct manix 1968 through 1975 uh, gail fisher was part of that uh, i think almost all the episodes were hmm. pretty close to it Moving over to something else happening on this date, Kimmy, the conclusion of the Almanac. We are done. That's what we're doing right now. And we're congratulating you doing a pretty good job there. I'd say I'd say it was a pretty good episode uh, okay. with you in the Almanac. I think I think you did all right. And what we're going to do right now is focus on something from the Almanac, pay tribute to something. Radio was Riley and Kimmy show goes back in time with the golden age of radio. Whenever we have the opportunity to keep this uh, alive or actually uh, expose individuals to the rich world of the golden age of radio. Now we're going to focus on somebody who passed away on this date in history. And that is Desi Arnaz. Now, one of the things about Desi that people don't realize is he did a lot of work with Lucy. That was not the, I love Lucy show. They did films together and, and they actually did uh, stand-up comedy together. They traveled the, the road, the circuit together, but they also did the golden age of radio too and not comedy. They did some very serious drama and thriller type work. 
And we have two examples of that. The first one is called the red-headed woman. That's when an embezzling redhead meets a bank robber in Texas. Originally aired November of 1949. And then we have early to death. A fight for $300,000 in stolen loot in a Mexican desert. Is a story about death and greed together. That is called Early to Death. That's from April 12, 1951, and it follows the red-headed woman. Let's go back in time and pay tribute and honor Desi Arnaz here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Suspense. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Desi Arnaz in The Red-Headed Woman, a suspense play produced and edited by William Spear. And now, with The Red-Headed Woman, and with the performance of Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. Jensen Corporation. Hello. Hello, Linda. Yes. Oh, hello, Frank. Oh, look, darling, I thought I told you not to call me. I know. Me. I shouldn't call you at the office. I'm sorry, Redhead, but I had to talk to you. You see, I... Well, darling, you sound so grim. Is there anything wrong? I... Oh, this is going to be tough, Linda, but you see, I... Well, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but... Well, go on, dear. You can tell me anything. You know that. Oh, you're sure swell, Linda. That's why it's so hard to tell you. I... Frank, you haven't committed a murder or anything, have you? No, no, of course not. Well, what is it then? Linda, please, I I tried to tell you last night. I I know it's hard to justify, but... But what? Frank, you've met someone else, is that it? Yes, Linda. I'm sorry. Oh, it's quite all right. Is she blonde or brunette? Linda, I couldn't help it. It was one of these things. It, it just happens. Sometimes things do. Uh, well, you don't have to explain, Frank. I'll send your ring back this afternoon. I hope it fits her. Good luck. Tears came, and then I tried to laugh it off. And then I felt myself getting good and mad. What a fool I'd been. For two years, my every thought, my every move had been patterned toward Frank's wishes and welfare. Other girls, the selfish type, were holding their men. It was, well, I made up my mind that the future would be different. From that minute on, I'd think of myself first, last, and always. Suddenly, I wanted to get away, do things, have beautiful clothes, money, especially money. I suppose it's a kind of independence any woman wants to grab for in a moment like that. When she's found out you can't depend on a man. Oh, good morning, Glinda. Oh, good morning, Mr. Jensen. Feeling all right? Of course. Why shouldn't I? I don't know. You just seemed a little despondent. No, I'm fine. Good, good, good. Oh, uh, will you put this away for me? What? Payroll money? Well, it's only the fifth, isn't it? I'm going to Florida for a couple of weeks, Linda. Oh. I do the payroll money today because I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yes, doesn't it? I've been thinking about it for years. Mm. Say, 
Why don't you take a few days off while I'm gone, Linda? What? Oh. Why don't you, Linda? It's a good idea. Certainly, I won't be needing you. Well, I, I could come in on the 14th and handle the payroll. And... Oh, you needn't bother. I can get Walters. Well, he's t- pretty busy, Mr. Jensen. I'll come back and handle it. I'll just be in the country somewhere close by. Thank you, Mr. Jensen. Looking back, I suppose I thought of stealing the payroll right then. I must have, for a few minutes after Mr. Jensen left, I visualized how easy it would be. Only he and I had the combination to the safe. He'd be far away in Florida for two whole weeks. I could leave the next day. I could have at least ten days before anyone could find out anything was wrong. I thought about Frank and that brush-off he'd given me. How easily I might forget him in new surroundings. Well, when I closed the office that evening, I took the envelope with $21,000 in bills and stuffed it into my handbag. Then, I don't know why, I took the gun Mr. Jensen always kept in the safe. Next morning, I left Kansas City and began driving west. By the next afternoon, I was well into Texas on the inland route. I knew vaguely that I had to get across the border, but the actual fact that I was a criminal hadn't quite percolated yet. A few miles out of Big Spring, the weather changed, and dark gray clouds replaced the blue skies. Then I came to a roadblock, and I had to detour. It was a winding, makeshift road of dirt that stretched on and on for miles. I hated going so slow, but there wasn't anything I could do about it, so I switched on the radio and tried to feel comfortable and forget what I had done. Then a few drops of rain splashed against the windshield, and I hoped that I'd make the main highway before it really let loose. It was then that I heard the announcement. This afternoon, in one of the most daring daylight holdups in Texas history, the Seventh Bank of Abilene was robbed of $40,000. As far as is known, only two persons participated. A tall, dark-complexioned young man wearing a light gray suit and hat and an attractive red-haired woman dressed in a green suit. In effecting their successful getaway, one of them shot and critically wounded an elderly bank guard, a veteran of World War I. The couple left in a green panel truck and are believed headed in the general direction of El Paso. More news after our next music. Well, these were worse criminals than I was by far, and they'd made a getaway. I shut off the radio. To my right, black letters loomed suddenly against the yellow background of a sign. Midland, Odessa, Pecos. I slowed down to 30, rounding a series of blind curves. Coming around the last one, I saw a man standing in the middle of the road. I jammed down my brakes to keep from hitting him. He started walking toward me. I'm very sorry to bother you this way, but my car is out of gas, and I was wondering, could you perhaps let me siphon a little from your tank? Well, sorry, but I'm low myself. Oh, please, don't be like that. I've been waiting here for hours. You're the first car I've seen. I would just take a little. Well, I can't. Honestly, I... All right, all right. Then perhaps you would be so kind as to give me a little lift to the next gas station? Well... Oh, come on now. Don't you believe in the good neighbor policy? Well, uh... All right, get in. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We'll find a gas station right down here someplace. I I won't even take you out of your way. Oh, that's all right. I'm going in the general direction of... of, uh... El Paso? El Paso. It all came together suddenly. The radio announcement and this man who was just sitting down beside me. He fitted perfectly, dark complexioned light gray suit, 
I glanced at the car parked by the side of the road. Yes, it was a green panel truck. Well, senorita? Uh, look, I'm terribly sorry, but I don't think I can take you after all. You see, I... Oh, have... now, please. I have been marooned here for two hours. It's very important that I get to Pecos in the next two hours. Oh, and where are you going after that? Me? <laughs> I'm going to travel all over. After Pecos, I'm going to beat it down to Juarez. That's across the border. From there, we're going... Yeah, that's what I thought. Look, I would like to pay you for helping me. He drew a sheaf of new bills from his pocket and dropped a fresh 20 into my lap. I opened my handbag and my fingers closed around Mr. Jensen's gun. He looked down at it. Hey, what? I said I've changed my mind. Okay, okay. That's the way you feel. I don't argue with a girl who's got a gun. I didn't even wait for him to close the door. I let out the clutch, stepped on the gas, and got away fast. When I finally reached the highway, I speeded up still more. I'd had a bad scare. I wanted to talk to someone about anything and forget that man. Maybe that was why I was so relieved when I came to the little town of Pecos and saw the carnival a short distance ahead, and why I stopped to look at it. Even from the car, the bright lights and the people and the carousel, gaily painted horses going round and round made me feel less lonely. I wanted to get out and mingle with the people and drink some pink lemonade and buy a red candied apple. Go in one of the midway tents and see Tortoro, the sword swallower, and Lopez, the ventriloquist. But instead, I ate a hot dog in the car and bought a silver ashtray from a little Indian girl. Then a sudden burst of thunder reminded me of the approaching storm. I started the car and left the carnival behind me. Soon afterwards, it began to rain. Then a cloud burst hit. Fifteen minutes later, I spotted an auto court. As I came to a stop, a gray mustached man in a rubber hat and raincoat came out to meet me. Hello, how far to El Paso, please? Not planning to go there tonight, are you? Well, oh, I... Oh, you never make it. A lot of bad spots in the road. I know because in rainy nights, I always pick up a lot of money pulling stall cars out of the mud. Well, maybe I'd better spend the night here, then, if you have a vacancy. I've got more vacancies than anything else. I'll fix you up with the best cabin on the place. I used to live in it myself. Come on, I'll show you. It's uh, number three. Oh, it sounds fine. Do you mind if I use your phone first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a booth over there right next to the office. Thank you. Yeah, I'll open the cabin door and leave the key on the dresser. You can put your car in the shed there. I was going to phone the El Paso police and tell them where I'd last seen the man answering the description of the Abilene bank robber. I dialed and waited for her to answer. Operator? And then I remembered something. There should have been a woman, too. A woman with red hair, but the man had been alone. Operator? After all, there was more than one green truck in the world. More than one dark young man. Operator? And besides, I thought with a shock, I'm in no position to risk their maybe tracing the call and finding out my name and investigating me. I hung up the receiver. I went out and wheedled a cup of coffee and a donut out of my host. And then I went up to my cabin and went to bed. I woke up about 10 o'clock. A car had driven up and stopped right outside my window. The headlights were shining in. When I got up to pull down the shade, I saw the car. It was the green panel truck I'd seen on the road. And this time, a woman was in the front seat. 
Then the proprietor and the other man came out of the cabin next to mine. All right, I lowered my shade and then listened to I'll wait till the storm is over, and then I'll go on to El Paso. Is it all right if I leave my truck out here? Oh, sure. There's a garage in back if you want to use it. No, thanks. I'll just park it here near to the door. I heard him enter his cabin. I locked my door and sat down on the bed. It was very quiet next door. Finally, I guess I must have dozed off. But then, all of a sudden, I was awake again. Voices, a man's and a woman's, were coming from the cabin next door. I got up, opened my window very quietly, and listened. I don't think you had better forget that. If you do, you will be sorry, very sorry. You are wrong, Carmencita. It will not be me who is sorry. What do you mean? It shouldn't be difficult for you to figure that out. You mean? <laughs> oh, but that is so funny. You couldn't get along without me. No, not even for one week. Not one week. <laughs> I would not laugh if I were you, Carmen. <laughs> Wait, Jose. Don't do it. You're just trying to be funny. No, you must... No, no, no. After that, everything was quiet. I was stunned, frozen. Then I heard his door open. I hurried to my window and carefully raised the shade a few inches. It was quite dark, and at first I could only hear his footsteps. And then I saw him. He snapped on a flashlight, looked around with it. He was carrying a roll of blankets, and he put it down carefully in the wet grass. Then he opened the rear door of the green panel truck. There was a long, oblong box on the floor. He stooped over and lifted what I thought was the roll of blankets. But I was wrong. From one end, a head was visible. A woman's head. With red hair. I must have thrown up my hands and hit the window shade. It clattered to the top. In the tense silence of the night, it sounded like a machine gun. The man outside spun around. Huh? He trained his flashlight on me. He took a long look. Then he turned around and dropped his gruesome bundle into the long box. I turned away. I couldn't look anymore. Finally, I heard him walk toward his cabin, go inside, and shut the door. Then I took a chance. I threw on my raincoat and shoes and hurried to the proprietor's office. I heard I knocked on his door and called to him. There was no answer. So I wrote a quick note and slipped it under his door and hurried back to my cabin. I closed my door and was just fumbling with the key when the lights went on. <gasps> no use to lock it now, senorita, and don't make a noise. He was sitting in a chair, smiling, casually pointing a gun at me, my gun that I'd foolishly left on the dresser. <laughs> you were not so very smart, were you, sweetheart? This gun, it looks nice. I think you handle it good, too. I almost found out this afternoon on the road, didn't I? Now, look, I, I wasn't going to use it, honestly, but, well, you know, you, you read a lot in the papers about the trouble people get into picking up strangers, and yes, I... Yes, yes, sure, sure. You're always careful. Stay out of trouble. Mind your own business. That is very good to remember, well, senorita. That, that's all I was doing. Well, what do you want with me? It's just too bad you looked out on me just now. I wouldn't have known you were here. I didn't mean to spy on you. I was awake, and when I heard a noise outside, I, I looked out. That's all. That was natural, wasn't it? Maybe, but it didn't turn out so good for you, did it? Come on now. We're getting out of here, and you are coming with me. But where, where are we going? Just places, senorita. Just places. Come on now. But what do you want with me? You, you don't want me. Don't want you? <laughs> Why, I'm crazy for you. I've been looking for you. I've been looking for somebody just like you. 
Autolite is bringing you Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Desi Arnaz in The Red-Headed Woman, tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage our stars Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball in The Red-Headed Woman, a tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. It was quite a moment. Jose motioned with the gun for me to pick up my suitcase. And right then, the door opened and the proprietor came in. I got your note, miss. Well, what's all this? What's the gun for, mister? Oh, it uh, um, belongs to the lady. She was just showing it to me. Oh, yeah? Well, yes. Yes, that's right. I'll take it back now. This man bothering you, miss? Is that why you left the note? No, I I'd remembered my position again. I'd thought of the 21000 in my handbag. I wanted this murderer locked up, but I didn't want to risk too much investigation. I wasn't bothering her. No, no, I just thought I heard someone at the window. And when I couldn't find you, I went next door, and this uh, gentleman was kind enough to... Yeah, I guess I owe you an apology, mister, but then when I saw you with a gun... It's okay, it's okay, forget it. Forget it, amigo. Sure. Well, good night. All right, you. You stand over there. Well, I guess you must be crazy for me, eh? To lie for me like you did? No, I'm just fond of myself. Things have kind of changed, haven't they, Jose? Oh, you know my name, too. I know all about you. Really? Yes, I guess things have changed. All right, now. That was a good idea you had before about leaving here. Come on, pick up my suitcase. Yes, ma'am. Where are we going? Like you said... Places, Jose. Just places. Now walk quietly. My car's right outside. Anything you say, senorita. He drove while I held the gun. After we'd gone about five miles, we came to a side road. I told him to turn. It's a pretty deserted neighborhood, no? Yes. Please tell me, where are we going? Oh, you're not going very far. You know, I wish you didn't make me leave my truck back there. Oh. Worried about what's in that pile of blankets, huh? Yes, that's right. Somebody might find her. Senorita, please. Not a chance. Oh, look, now, uh, why don't we talk this thing over? I think maybe we could. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not buying a thing. Well, I certainly hope you know what you're doing. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, but we're stuck in the mud. Oh, well, that's a very fancy trick, but it won't work. You don't believe me? No. Well, then get out and see for yourself. And have you drive off and leave me? Oh, no, thanks. Come on, start the car. But I'm telling you the truth. We're stuck in this ditch. You better start the car, mister. Okay, okay. Anything you say. You see? Try it again. All right, but it'll only get us in deeper. What do we do next? <laughs> You're running the show. You tell me. Okay, I'll tell you. Get out of the car. 
What do I do now? Pick up some broken branches and put them under the wheels. Like I said, you are running the show. No, no, never mind. It's too dark. I can't see you. Get back in the car here. But you give up too easy. Why don't you think of using a flashlight? I don't have one. Well, maybe if you ask me real nice, I will let you use mine. Where is it? It's here, in my coat pocket. All right, senorita, drop the gun. Quickly. It was over in a second. Before I knew it, he'd reached in his pocket and jumped behind me. I'd forgotten the most important thing of all. I hadn't searched him. I could feel the gun against my back. <laughs> now you're going to get into the car. Hurry. Yes, sir. Now you will drive for a while, no? But I thought we were stuck. That is exactly what I wanted you to think. Good, eh? Start a car. You know, senorita, you should have searched me before we started. Yes, I've already figured that out. Yeah. But this whole thing is kind of new to me. Oh, come on. Let's quit the kidding. You know, I think you would have been very surprised if you would have searched me. You know why? Nothing would surprise me. Oh, I think so. Because you wouldn't have found any gun. Only this. A flashlight. <laughs> it feels very much like a gun against your back, doesn't it? Especially when you're very frightened. Look, let me go. I swear I'll never bother you again. You won't bother me. Not where you're going. You won't bother anyone. Drive a little faster, please. I drove for several miles without saying a word. Then I took a chance. I speeded up to 60, then jammed the brake to the floor. Oh! Oh! Jose's head banged against the windshield. He dropped the gun. I grabbed it almost before it hit the floorboard. Now, out again, Mr. Finnegan. We're going to change seats. Oh, my head. That was very smart, baby, very smart. And almost as good as your flashlight gun trick, hmm? It's better. Your trick wins. Oh, well. What cooks now? We're heading straight into El Paso Police Department. But, 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 baby, you can't do that. Why can't I? Because it's too foolish. And the senorita is not a fool. No, the senorita isn't. That's why you're driving straight to El Paso and the police. Yes, ma'am. Whatever you say. I certainly hope you know what you're doing. Now, the senorita has learned a lot in the last few hours. Drive carefully. He shrugged his shoulders and settled back behind the wheel. I decided I'd been needlessly concerned about the police. After all, no one knew I had the $21,000 in my handbag. No one even knew it was missing. When I handed the police the man they were looking for, they wouldn't bother about me. They would accept my statement that I was just a secretary on my way to Mexico for a vacation. As we entered the outskirts of El Paso, I switched on the radio and settled back to enjoy it. And now our Texas roundup of the latest Texas news. Texans who expect quick and speedy action when it comes to lawbreakers in our state won't be disappointed when they hear the outcome of the bank holdup and killing of a guard in Abilene two days ago. What? What's that? Be quiet, be quiet, culprits, listen. Manuel Milani, a non-Texan, and Betty Murphy, a red-haired Californian, were apprehended today in Big Spring, only 61 hours after their spectacular holdup of the 7th Bank of Abilene. Both freely confessed to the crime, the bravery of our Texas... Hey, wait a minute. You wait a minute. Stop the car. Now, I don't believe it. Neither do I. You don't? All right, then. Who was it you killed? Me? 
I didn't kill anybody. Oh, stop it. It was your, your accomplice. I heard the argument, and then you killed her, and then you... Oh, you're crazy. What do you mean, I'm crazy? Right this minute, there's a red-haired woman dead in the back of your truck. What the... Oh. <laughs> oh, boy, that's a good one. You know, you're right. You did hear an argument, and you did see me put a red-haired woman in the trunk. She was dead. Yes, that's right. She has been dead all her life. She's... <laughs> the argument, as you say you heard, went something like this. <clears throat> Half of the money, it is mine, Jose. I don't think you had better forget that. If you do, you will be sorry, very sorry. You are wrong, Carmencita. I will not be me that is sorry. You couldn't get by without me. No, not even for one week. Not one week. <laughs> for heaven's sake. A ventriloquist. What do you mean, a ventriloquist? I am the best. Jose Lopez, the great. Oh, what a relief. Yeah, your relief? What about me? I thought the whole time, here I am traveling with a criminal. Me? How could you think that I was a Why not? You got the red hair, you're wearing the green suit, just like the description. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, listen, there's only one other thing that is confusing me. What's that? How come you carry such a big bankroll, all these thousands of dollars in your purse? Well, I, uh... Yes? Well, you... Oh, what's the use? I might as well tell you the whole story. And you know, I found myself doing it. And Jose explained to me how silly I'd been to ever try such a thing. And then it struck us that it was still only the 13th of the month. So we drove back to Kansas City together. I put the money back and the payroll went off just like it always does. And oh, that Jose, he's so cute and so wonderful. Hey, baby, come on, hurry up with that dinner, will yes, you? Yes, Jose, dear. Hey, what are we going to eat tonight, baby? And it better be something good, you know. A husband can testify against his wife. <laughs> Same as usual, amigo, baby. Enchiladas with tacos and hot sauce. Yum, yum, chili yum. Chili with tamales. Suspense, presented by Autolite. Tonight's stars, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Suspense. Tonight, Autolite brings you a story of murder and greed. A story we call Early to Death. Starring Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And now with Early to Death and the performances of Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. What'll happen to Duke? We'll go down with the plane... That's the same as murder. $300,000, I think it's worth it. Matt Evie, you want out? No, no, I'll get the money. You call in, Ben. Right, baby. N71533, calling Veracruz Radio, over. N71533, this is Veracruz Radio. Go ahead. Veracruz, we're over the mountains. My oil line is clogged, we're in trouble. 
is this? I don't know, Ben. Allow me. My car. It's very true, and I print it myself. Rico Sebastian, Senor Tabor. What does he want? Eh? Search me. I, uh, I'm just explaining my admiration for the senorita. And now for you too, senor. In a way, we have also met before. I don't remember ever seeing a 30-day tourist. Let us say, uh, incognito. What makes you think you know us, Buster? I said I have seen both of you before. It was in the mountains north of Acayuca, where I often hunt with high-powered rifles. I saw you parachute out and land safely with a box. I witnessed the plane crash, and later saw you both start through the woods without the box. <laughs> I would need help to dig in every ravine, official help, unless, uh, of course, you would help me. And then I would know exactly what to do. I would hate to talk to the officials because I know they would listen. What do you want? <laughs> a small pittance, amigos. Only one little quarter of a big $300,000. Well, you have my card. We talk later when you feel better, huh? Hasta luego. Jim, what do you think? I don't know. And we've got a third partner. Oh, Ben, I wish we hadn't waited. I wish we'd just taken the money and got on that boat of All right, all right, take it easy. This guy ain't gonna let that pass. Give me that card. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go see him. Find out just how tough he is. Ben. It's the only way. Be careful, Ben. I'm scared. Will you stop worrying? I'll handle him just like a baby. We had another drink and Ben left for Rico's. I went back to my apartment and waited for his phone call. After two hours, I couldn't stand it any longer and took a cab over there myself. It was in the French Quarter, a dull gray place with lots of iron grill work out front. A man in a black hat and trench coat answered the door. Come in, come in. You'd be Miss Webb. Who are you? What is it? I'm Lieutenant Mayor. This is Sergeant Terrain. You want to tell it now? Tell what? Okay. Landlady says you rented this place three months ago. Why, she's a liar. I never... Where you meet Ben Table when he comes in from trips? What? You know Ben Table. Wallet says he's a professional pilot. You were in a crash with him a few months ago. Show us, Sergeant. Ben! You put those bullet holes in him? Oh, Ben! He wasn't shot here. Who helped you move him? No, no, it's a trick. Rico planned this. He planned Rico? It. Who's Rico? Rico's the... The man that helped you move the body here? Who is he? I won't say anything. I won't say a word until I see a lawyer. And I didn't say a word. Ben was dead. There was nothing I could do about that. Of course, Rico had killed him. Had been planning to kill him all the time. I was sitting in my cell the next day when I had a visitor. Hey, good morning, senorita. You. See, si, you're in trouble. Rico's here to help. You did not think I would leave town when my friend is in trouble. You killed Ben last night. I only meant to kill him 
lightly. George! Quiet, please. You have not thought. I'm going to turn you in so fast. Quiet. Now think. Ben Tabor is dead. It is unfortunate, but I have to kill him. And your position is very perilous. The police are highly suspicious of you. They are talking of a falling out among thieves, recalling the plane incident and the payroll which might not have burned. And you help things along by renting a place under my name and taking Ben there after you killed him. It was just a small trick. Now I have a big one, an alibi for you. What alibi? I have many friends who will testify you spent last evening with me. Until I get out, you get nothing. There is going to be a coroner's inquest this morning. They cannot indict if we come to terms. How much? One quarter of 300,000 for the trouble, one quarter for the alibi. Half. I can see by your eyes that this is agreeable. Is the opinion of this court that Benjamin James Tabor met death as a result of bullet wounds inflicted by a person or persons unknown? This coroner's jury is convinced that the material suspect, one Evie Webster, shall be released on the suspicion of murder charges previously made. Testimony of the witness is a conviction enough to this Senorita, senorita, you're free now, eh? You are angry I have caused you so much trouble. You're a murderer. You murdered before I, the pilot. Senorita, we're partners now. Let us not talk of such things. Let us rather make plans to settle up our little account. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Oh, we're going to get along fine, you and I. Fine. Rico played his cards pretty well. But there were some things he hadn't planned on. I'd killed, then he'd killed. The way I looked at it, it was my turn again. some shoes, shaving equipment, tobacco, a couple of sets of dungarees, and some shirts. I thought that maybe when he got cleaned up, he wouldn't look half bad. But all it did was make the meanness in him a lot easier to see. You keep staring at me. Why? Because I'm going to keep my eye on you night and day, Buster. <laughs> I don't know how you ever got the feeling that I couldn't be trusted. Didn't I get you out of jail? Yeah, but something tells me I've been a lot safer left in. Well, when you have that money in your hand, you will feel much better. You and your friend Ben bought a boat. How did you know we had a boat? Because I have seen it. You have kept it in the harbor of Biloxi, Mississippi. It has the name Intrigue. <laughs> Very funny, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's a scream. <laughs> 
We took the train down to Biloxi, and in two days he had the intrigue ready to move. The boat was a 40-foot auxiliary sloop, and I knew nothing about it. But as usual, Rico knew everything. He pulled out for Vera Cruz. And then I knew what I had to do. When we hit port, I was going to take off and feed him to that money. I knew I could get to it before he could. And then I'd go right through the other side of the mountains, and he'd never find me again. It was night when we pulled into Vera Cruz. We tied up, and he decided we'd bunk in until morning. I waited until I thought he was asleep. Then I walked quietly over to him and hit him with a piece of two-by-four. He never moved. Four hours later, I hired a car and drove to Akayuka. It was early morning when I got to the only hotel, a small, beat-up plaster building. When I asked for a room, I got a shock. Say, Senorita Webster, we have been expecting you. A room is ready. Expecting me? You were expecting me? See, Senorita. Come this way, please. He moved down the corridor and I followed. We reached a door, he swung it open, bowed, and walked away. I couldn't believe it, but I knew what I was going to find even before I saw it. Do you like the room? Rico, I... You do not know what to say, huh? No. Well, I do. Rico! The next time you try something like that, I take care of you quick. You might have killed me. It could all have been so easy. But you had to make it hard. You're going to take all the money. That's what you want. You're a bad judge of character. You think I am the kind of man who might kill you once you show me exactly where the payroll is buried. Did you ever think I might kill you for not showing me? I made up my mind right then I was going to kill Rico long before he saw that money Later that day, while he was out arranging for horses I went looking for a weapon of some kind I'm sorry, senorita Nowhere in Akayuco is there a small gun such as you described Perhaps you'll try Veracruz I haven't got time I want it now, and I'll pay anything But what good is money when there is no gun? Don't you have a black market here or something? Well, why do you want a gun? For protection. Oh, <laughs> that's all? Un momento, senorita. Here. Here is the greatest little protector in the whole world. Eight inches long, sharp as a razor. I don't know anything about a knife. What is there to know? Just, and the throat is cut. That is, uh, if you want to cut a throat. I strapped the knife to my leg under my Levi's and went to the hotel to wait for Rico. He came back late in the afternoon with horses and supplies. A group of peons watched us go. And I knew they thought we were both crazy heading into those hot brown hills. We went about 12 miles the first day and made camp. I was so nervous I couldn't eat or sleep. I was afraid to take my eyes off Rico. We made a fire and put our bedrolls on opposite sides, and I lay there half the night watching the flames slowly die out. Rico's eyes were shut. He was breathing regularly. I took the knife out and walked over to him. His head was back and his throat was completely uncovered. I started the knife downward. Uh, that is far enough with the knife. 
Let go of me. Isn't one murder enough? Drop it. All right, you'll break my wrist. Why do you keep doing these things all the time? I have told you what a nice guy I am, and you do not believe me. I have to sleep with one eye open. You, you... No, no, no tears. Oh, you're only doing what you think is best. <laughs> but golly, I better be careful of you, eh? He was laughing at me, and there was nothing I could do. For the next three days and nights, I didn't sleep a minute. We rode deeper and deeper into the hills. I never felt so alone and helpless in my life. I didn't speak to him, and he didn't speak to me. We just kept on hour after hour. Finally, we began to get near the ridge where Ben and I had buried the payroll. I was trembling with excitement. But Rico was too calm. Whoa, whoa, whoa there. Where are you going? Huh? Uh, wherever you go, senorita. Show me the place you were standing when Ben and I parachuted out of the plane. Why, um, it, it was over there, on the ridge. What ridge? That one. Uh, there. You didn't see us that day. You've never been in this country before. Oh, you... no. Why, why do you say this? Because that's where we... Be... Where on the ridge, senorita? Lead me to it. Pronto. And he had me again. It was a trick. The whole thing, and Ben and I had fallen for it. He pulled out the gun, and I rode in front of him, leading him to the spot. When we got there, he made me go to work digging. The case was there. The money was damp, but good. Rico took a bundle of bills in his hand and looked at them long and thoughtfully. And he turned towards me with a gun in his hand. Now... Rico, please. You know what I'm going to do? Rico, you can have all the money, but don't shoot me. Please, Rico. Shoot you, Evie. <laughs> Again, you have misjudgment. I am breaking open the gun. I am throwing away the bullets. And I'm throwing the gun away in another direction. Oh, Rico. Rico, I, I should have believed you. I said all I wanted was half, and that's all I'm going to take. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to kill you. It was like being born again. I tasted food for the first time in days. I even talked to Rico like I talked to any human being. We put the money in the saddlebags and started through the mountains toward Mexico City. Rico said people might recognize the serial numbers on the bills and we had to be careful how we unloaded it. We sold the horses in the first village and took a plane into Mexico City. I stayed at the hotel while Rico went out to do the bargaining. He said it would take two or three days. We bought some new clothes and the first night we went dinner dancing. And I suddenly got an idea. You're looking at me in a different way, Evie. That's true, Rico. I know you now. But you're really like. The more I know you, the better I like you. <laughs> ben Tabor liked you, too. But poor Ben is dead. Why the last? I'm not for you, Evie. 
How do you know? You haven't really seen my best side yet. I am just a war brat. Soldier of fortune. So who am I? Do you think I came out of a girl's school yesterday? No. But we're from different worlds. We go. See if this brings the worlds any closer. Well. You do like me, don't you? Yes. The kiss was nice. But I have a feeling about this thing. What feeling? That you're only trying to get my half of the money back. Buying a gun was a lot easier in Mexico City than in Acayuca. They had them all sizes and shapes, depending on the kind of a victim you had in mind. I paid the top price. We kept the money in the hotel room. And the second day, Rico, while he was out making deals, I made my plan. I was going to kill him when he came back and slip out of the hotel at night. I'd be in Europe before anybody found out who I really was. I sat waiting for him. I see you have been waiting, Evie. Yes, I thought we might talk. I have something to tell you. Something that will affect your whole life. I'll bet you have. Well, the deal's off. See? Evie. All the weeks and hours that you kept me on the end of a gun. Now it's your turn. Evie. Evie. How does it feel, Rico? Think of me spending all that money. Evie, get me a doctor. Get your own doctor. Evie, you're a very stupid woman. I was almost a very stupid woman because I was going to kill you. Now I'm just going to leave you here with a bullet in your shoulder. And after I'm gone, you won't say a word because you're in no position to. I know all about you. <laughs> you won't even get out of this hotel. You see, even now you're being watched. What are you talking about? You don't know all about me, Evie. I am a Mexican police officer. As it turned out, he was. He had killed Ben Tabor in self-defense, and that's why the American police had let me go. It led me right to Mexico City, where he had jurisdiction. And he wasn't unloading the money on the black market. He was verifying serial numbers. I should have killed him then, but I didn't. Rico was right. One murder was enough. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R I L E Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, 
we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com.